All right. Welcome. This morning we have or afternoon or evening. <laughs> yeah, evening. <laughs> All right. We have Casey Joe with us. Um, so I'm just gonna let her do a little bit of a background intro to herself and, and we can go from there. So tell everybody about yourself yeah. and all the good stuff. All right, sounds good. So how I kind of like to describe who I am and what I do is very much so half and a half. So I'm half health, fitness, wellness, nutrition coach, and I'm half psychologist, mindset researcher, academic. So very much kind of like live those two worlds and like everything that I do is trying to blend those two worlds. So bringing together um, what I know about mindset and psychology and behavior change with the world of health and fitness and nutrition coaching. So that's kind of like who I am. My background is in mainly psychology. That's what my PhD is in. So I spent nearly five years researching the importance of growth versus fixed mindset for health behavior change. So literally, how does our mindset play a role in how often we exercise and how healthy we eat? So spent a lot of time in the mindset lab. That's literally what the lab was called, where I spent a lot of my time. Um, I have a lot of published research articles on the topics. And then I've also been a health and fitness coach for about seven years at this point and have a health and fitness coaching company along with a certification program called the Health Mindset Coaching Certification. So those are kind of my, my two big main babies that I take care of every single day. Um, and yeah, so that's me. Awesome. Um, I did like the HMCC, which like we kind of really spoke about just now. And that, that, that was a great course to, you know, just really like equip coaches to really understand more about like mindset and how that's like practical and applicable um, in a day-to-day like trenches. Um, and, you know, today I just really want to like pick your brains about like um, just like mindset and like motivation and all that all that, uh, but maybe like, I think when you started the course, like a couple of things that you know you went through were like things like shame and guilt and all these different like sort of I guess massive emotions and things mm-hmm. that people like deal with. Um, could you like just you know just shed some light into like how these things you know how do they like interplay with like you know our behavior change and like us like she like reaching our goals, and then eventually we can get into like the whole fixed mindset, growth mindset um, stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's interesting, because I don't think I've actually spent a lot of time talking about guilt and shame, like in a podcast setting before. So and it is like a very interesting thing to dive into, because guilt and shame are two very different types of emotions. And actually seeing it from like a mindset perspective is very interesting to look at. Because Whereas guilt is something that you're feeling bad about because you did something. Shame is very much about feeling badly because you are something, right? So I am, I feel shame because I am a type of person that is a type of way, right? Whereas with guilt, you're feeling guilty about doing some sort of action, some sort of thing that just like happened in the moment. It's less about like who you are as a person. So why I think this kind of like ties to mindset in particular is because with a growth mindset, we're essentially always understanding that we have the ability to change, we have the ability to improve, to develop, to learn new skills, that sort of thing. With a fixed mindset, we see ourselves as like, this is just who I am, right? I'm just this type of person, or um, I'm not going to ever be able to change or improve or develop these skills. So whether it's like something that you're 
directly telling yourself or not. Sometimes it's like very much so in between the lines of things that you're saying to yourself that kind of comes up as a fixed mindset. That's kind of how those look. So bringing that back to the idea of guilt and shame with guilt, it being something that you just sort of did in the moment. So you feel guilty because you overate the night before, right? Like you had more food than you were anticipating because you went to a party and there was more food than you thought there was going to be. And you didn't feel like you can control yourself. The next morning you feel guilty about that. Someone else could have had the same exact experience, but feel shame more so than guilt. Obviously, they often go hand in hand, but someone else could have that their main emotion be shame. And they may be thinking to themselves, like, why do I always do this to myself? Like, why can't I get it together? What is wrong with me? Right. And that is much a much more honestly intense emotion rather than just feeling guilty because you did something that one time. Right. So, and bringing this back to mindset. With a growth mindset, the idea is that yes, you can change, you can like look at your behaviors and make them different next time and etc. Sometimes I kind of see guilt being in the same category as a growth mindset. Because if you just just feel guilty, right in, in quotes here, if you just feel guilty, usually that's something that you're thinking like, okay, so I did that thing, but like, I don't want to do it next time. Like, maybe, you know, you start to think, well, what can I do differently next time? So it doesn't happen again. And you start to like, you can start to like, have this sort of game plan for next time. Whereas if you're feeling shame, because of who you think you are as a person, that becomes very fixed mindset territory, right? Like, I did this because of who I am. And that's not something that I can change, right? So you're much less likely to walk through these steps of like, all right, what am I going to do differently next time? What am I going to learn from my mistakes? You know, how am I going to become a better person from this? Because you just think like, this is just who I am. Like, there's no point in going through that whole process. So um, yeah, it's kind of a weird connection that I have made over time. And I honestly am not even really fully sure what to like make of it. Because of course, there are people who feel guilty and don't have a growth mindset, right? But to some degree, if you can move your feelings of shame about something to more of like feelings of guilt, they might actually be easier to tackle and might be easier to see from a growth mindset perspective. So yeah, that's like, it's something I've been kind of like grappling with and trying to make sense of, honestly, um, that I've kind of put together over time. Actually, um, Brene Brown is a very well known researcher and um, author, amazing books, love her books. And she talks a lot about the difference between guilt and shame and how there's a difference of like guilt being like, I did this thing and shame being like, I am this thing. And that kind of like tripped my mindset trigger of oh okay so like there's something going on here you know because that's how someone with a fixed mindset thinks to themselves i am this person i am this type of person but someone with a growth mindset thinks like i did this thing but i can be better in the future so it's a very interesting kind of thing to like just think about um and i would say for anyone who is listening to this to think about any behaviors or things that you're working on changing how often you're feeling feelings of shame versus feeling feelings of guilt and how that shows up differently in your life. Or maybe there's areas of your life where you definitely feel like you feel shame from something and definitely have areas of your life where you feel guilt from things. And how does that feel differently to you? And like really being able to like piece that apart and see how it affects your mindset too. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think when like in terms of like looking at like guilt, guilt, like even just thinking of hearing you say that just thinking about it like just jogged my memory of like you know like the theoretical model of change like kind of like if someone isn't even like 
you know, it's still in like kind of pre-contemplation, then really like there's we won't be no feelings of guilt. Like what there's nothing wrong with like what I did. Yeah. She don't even have the need to like exercise or like eat well. So mm-hmm. only if they're like kind of like moving along that spectrum, will they yeah. really have that kind of sense of like guilt come in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not even really because awareness is a very, very big piece of everything, right? So um, when we're talking about like the trans theoretical model, the stages of change, you know, someone moving from pre-contemplation to contemplation and kind of making their way down this kind of um, model of like how people change, essentially being in the pre-contemplation phase, you're, yeah, you're honestly, you're not even fully aware yet of what it is that you want to work on or like the problems that you have that you want to solve. And it's not until you make it into more of like the pre or the contemplation phase where you're like, oh, so maybe I do want to change my eating behaviors. Maybe there is something to this like whole like weight loss thing and like how I I feel like I've been wanting to lose weight but I haven't been able to and like this might be why and starting to kind of connect those dots um and yeah I wonder too like for some people how maybe this is my brain is like spiraling right now (laughs) how maybe as you move towards these different stages of change and make your way from like oh, I don't have any problem. I don't know what I need to do. Oh, maybe I do want to change. What is What would that look like for me to like, oh, I definitely want to change. How do I do that? You know, and making your way through this process, how when you have certain setbacks, like I was mentioning before of like overeating when you didn't mean to, how that may change how you're feeling from like a guilt and shame perspective as you're moving through this like series of like change, right? So yeah, that's definitely something very interesting to think about. I think um, something like when I first read Mindset and something that you just brought up also is that, um, you know, fixed mindsets and like growth mindsets, I think that there isn't, at least for different like areas of our lives, um, you know, for example, like just take me as an example, because I'm probably the only person I can speak about, (laughs) Uh, right? Like when it comes to like training and nutrition, like I still feel like relatively have uh, definitely a growth mindset, so much so that I don't really necessarily even really feel much like guilt or shame like around it you know because they have just like a very like long-term view of, of yeah it, right um but obviously in other areas of my life like you know where i'm struggling a little bit more um i definitely see like you know that fixed mindset traits come in and this is something that like i mean also see in like clients right um you know maybe they are like really busy and like really successful in their like own right um their careers and their families and all of that um and then maybe new to training or you know just kind of struggling with the nutrition piece and, you know, definitely like exhibiting a bit more like fixed mindset traits there where, whereas in other areas there is like a lot more of like the growth mindset kind of traits, like just for like everybody listening, um, could you just share a little bit about like, you know, firstly, I guess we haven't really like defined it and like, you know, given like examples of like traits for both of that. Yeah. Also like how would someone that is kind of like obviously having, um, kind of a growth mindset approach in other areas, right? And is doing well in other areas. How can they like, you know, try to change their mind about things um, in the areas that they are struggling with currently? Yeah, for sure. So sometimes like, I think again, kind of coming back to awareness, like you really, you can't change what you don't know needs changing. You can't improve what you don't know needs improving. So there needs to be a little bit of like spending some time just figuring out what your baseline looks like, right? Like, where is your mindset at right now? Like if I, anyone who's listening right now, if I were to say like, do you have a growth or fixed mindset about 
health and fitness? Do you have a growth or fixed mindset about your job? Do you have a growth or fixed mindset about your relationships? Like, I'm sure you would all would love to say you have a growth mindset, right? But the truth is, like, most people have a little bit of a fixed mindset in most areas of their life, right? And nobody really falls super cleanly. We know this from the research. Nobody's like 100% fixed mindset or a 100% growth mindset, you fall somewhere in between there and you may lean one way or the other. That's really the case, right? So and really, what we're looking at is like, how strong is your growth mindset? Do you have a weak growth mindset? Or do you have a strong growth mindset? That's honestly, like, per the data, what we're seeing when it comes to mindset stuff. So with that said, it's like trying to think about number one, like, I would say, spend some time thinking about the area of your life that yes, you're struggling with the most, you know, that you really want to continue to make advances in, but you're, you just feel like you keep running into walls or you keep running into barriers or you're holding yourself back and you just can't figure out why. Um, and think like thinking now a little bit more about, well, what is your mindset about that thing? And so in order to kind of like determine this thinking too about just in general, what do you believe your ability is to actually change? in that area, right? So if that area is health and fitness, right? So do you actually believe in your ability to lose weight, build muscle, feel better about yourself and like, continue to do that in the long term? Like, do you truly believe that you can do that? Because again, at the end of the day, people, everyone wants to say, of course, I have a growth mindset about this, you know, like I went to the gym today, you know, um, but if you really, really spend some time thinking about it, do you like, no matter what the obstacle is, no matter what life throws your way, still feel like you can continue to work toward that goal. And it's something that you can do consistently long term, do you really see yourself doing that? And then if we kind of like reframe it that way, more people might be like, well, I don't know, it might depend on this or that or the other thing. And that's where it can kind of like the fixed mindset really kind of like starts to break through the cracks a little bit there, right? So with that said, like really starting to like get gain awareness around what your mindset looks like in a certain area. Another good way to kind of like continue to determine this is to think about three big things. And I like to bring this up. I brought this up on a lot of different podcasts that I've been on. Um, it's feedback, success, and setbacks. So feedback is how you receive feedback from other people, right? So going back to kind of the health and fitness example, maybe you're working with a coach, or maybe you have someone in your life who knows a lot about health and fitness. And they're telling you, you know, like, hey, like, if you're up for it, I have some feedback for you. I know you're doing a lot of running right now. But for the body composition goals that you have, strength training might actually be the best option for you. That might be the direction that you want to go. How do you take that feedback after you've just been like running your butt off for the last like two years, right? Someone with a fixed mindset is going to get very defensive and feel like it's a personal attack. They'll see this as like, oh, well, you don't really know what you're talking about. And you may not even say that out loud, right? Um, but start to feel very defensive. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, this is where I should be. Like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about type of thing where someone with a growth mindset might be like, hmm, maybe there's like something of substance here, right? Maybe there's something for me to learn here. And maybe I should look into the strength training thing and like take feedback as essentially information for you to grow and to improve. Whether or not that information is actually correct, someone with a growth mindset is still going to like take that in and think and spend some time with it and decide whether or not it's actually going to help them. So success is the next one. So how do you see the success of other people? So if someone else that you know has been really successful in their health and fitness journey, 
how do you feel about that person? Let's say you come across them on Instagram, you're like, oh, I went to elementary school with that person. And now they've lost all this weight, they look super healthy and fit, they live this great lifestyle. How do you feel about that person? Someone with a fixed mindset is going to start thinking like, oh, you know, they just got lucky, or they must have something that I don't maybe they feel pretty jealous of that person. And then they just kind of like keep scrolling and try to like forget about it, right? Someone with a growth mindset will see that person and think, huh, they were able to do this. I wonder if I'm able to do that too. You know, that person is actually like really good inspiration for me and makes me think like, this is possible. Like I can do it. You know, if she could do it, I could do it too. Maybe I should ask her what she's done. You know, what works for her? Maybe it'll work well for me. Maybe I should reach out to this person and see if they're willing to help me. That's a growth mindset. So how you see other people's success. And then the last one is setback. So when you come across a setback, something again, life throws something your way. It sets you back a few steps. You run into obstacles, challenges, et cetera. How do you respond to those things? Someone with a fixed mindset is going to come across those things and essentially see it as evidence that they're not cut out for what they're doing, right? Like, oh, I knew it, you know, I here's my setback. Like, I could have told you that was gonna happen, knew it all along, like I wasn't meant for this, like I'm not the type of person for this. Whereas someone with their growth mindset will get the same setback and see and, and think to themselves like, okay, so what I was just doing obviously didn't work. You know, I had this setback, I ran into this issue, I overate uh, during that party. So what do I need to do differently next time? Maybe there's something else that's gonna work better for me. I need a different method, strategy, idea, Maybe I need to reach out to someone and get some help or something like that, right? So instead of seeing it as like evidence for why you can't do it, it's just like, okay, that didn't work. What's next? So those few things, um, feedback, success, and setbacks are a really great way to like, just think about like, just a way to like assess where your mindset is at in a certain area. Because again, like I said, most people are like, oh, of course they have a growth mindset. Like, why wouldn't I? And then they hear me walk through this whole feedback, success, and setbacks. And they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> you know, like I actually do a lot of those fixed mindset things. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to classify it. So once you can really start to pick up on some of this stuff, that's where you can actually like begin to change because now you have that sort of like power of information about where your mindset is at yeah totally um i think that's like super useful advice i mean even like for myself like you know just <laughs> in life in general right um it's just super useful i'm gonna like definitely note that down um <laughs> say somebody like has you know sort of identified that they have a fixed mindset in a certain area right um and you already said it's it comes in degrees right um but how how would you um what are the next couple of steps for this person to take to kind of move towards the growth mindset side of things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, first and foremost, remember that you can change your mindset, you can shift your mindset, it is possible to move from more of a fixed mindset to more of a growth mindset. Some of the things that I see a lot of times that people run into is not just that they have a fixed mindset, but they also have a fixed mindset about changing their mindset. <laughs> so they also don't believe that they can actually have a growth mindset, right? That doesn't, they seem like, oh, you know, like, that's not me. I could never be that person. And I'm like, oh my God, you're literally <laughs> like, you have a fixed mindset about your mindset. Um, so understand first and foremost, you can absolutely change your mindset. We literally have been able to do it 
four people in a lab setting before, like they start a task with a fixed mindset and they end the task with more of a growth mindset because of the program that they went through. So it's definitely, definitely possible to change for sure. Um, so keep that in mind, first and foremost, like your brain is always changing and that goes in hand in hand with your mindset always changing. So with that said, after that, once you kind of determined like, okay, I see where my fixed mindset is showing up. I see what I'm doing, things that I'm telling myself, things that I'm saying to other people and how it's holding me back. The next thing would be to really, I think just number one, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself because it's very possible that you having this fixed mindset is something that has been laid in concrete over a very long period of time. You can still like crack through the concrete and lay something else there, but it's going to take some time, right? And like giving yourself some grace and understanding that this could have like been something that's been cultivating inside you based on all your different life experiences and people and environments and things like that. So that said, going forward, I would say once you can really get a good handle on like where your fixed mindset is showing up and some of those like phrases and things that you're telling yourself or saying to other people, actively try to think about what would the growth mindset version of me do or say in this situation, right? You don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe that that's actually the case yet, but just start to think like, what would that look like, right? So in those situations, like we have that example of like overeating and eating too much at a party when you didn't plan to, that sort of thing. Um, then the next day feeling guilty and maybe your fixed mindset wants to be like, there you go again. You always do this. Like, why can't you get anything right? And you could be like, okay, so I'm having, I want to have these thoughts again, but like in some other version of me, you know, a, my alter ego who has a growth mindset, like, what would I be saying in this situation? Like, on, and again, you don't have to believe yourself yet. You can just like do it for the sake of doing it. What would that sound like? So that person might be like, oh, I don't know. I'd probably tell myself that like, what can I learn from this situation? How can I be better next time? Like what, how can I improve and grow and that sort of thing. And the more that you can do that and just like, just even for a minute, right? Just think like, what could the like opposing growth mindset thought be in that situation? The easier it's going to be to do that in the future to the point where at some point, that is like your default setting, right? And like I said before, your brain is always changing. You're always creating new connections in your brain and like pruning back old connections. So the more you can kind of like force yourself in that direction, the more natural it's going to become over time to the point where you might even surprise yourself. Like there may be some sort of situation at some point where you start to think to yourself, oh, okay, so that didn't really go as well as I wanted to. Like, what do I need to do differently next time? And then you might be like, whoa, I'm doing it. You know, like I didn't just like shame myself and like get in my head about it. I actually started to think of like, what could I do differently? And like, then you'll, you will start to notice yourself doing that instead. Um, and then you still may slip back into your fixed mindset habits and things like that. And that's okay. Right. The goal is to just like keep pushing forward and continue to try to get into that growth mindset kind of thinking. Yeah, totally. I think definitely, um, all those things you need to kind of like really like work through them and there's like really like practical handles that you know as a listener like if you're struggling with like fixed mindset um go back listen to the past like seven minutes of what Casey mentioned and you know just really like work through each one of of all those um exercises right um kind of want to like switch gears a little bit um I know like just being a like fitness I mean just a coach as well right 
you're going to get a lot of questions and since this is like your area about like motivation right um general thoughts around like the, the whole like discipline versus motivation like like mm. what's your thoughts on that ah uh, yeah it's everyone's like favorite like cliche phrase i feel like you know okay. the discipline over motivation you just need to be disciplined you don't need to have motivation all this stuff and to some degree i agree with it in that like motivation is not something you should rely on it is very much so a fleeting thing like you cannot expect to feel absolutely motivated to do it to do something every single day right whether that's going to the gym whether that's like eating healthy being productive doesn't matter, right? Like you're going to have days where you're not extremely motivated and that's just the way that it is. Um, and you still, yes, need to get your stuff done. You know, you still need to have maybe some level of discipline, but I think that there's just so much more to that story and it can actually be relatively harmful too to tell people that discipline is the answer, right? So just be disciplined, you know, just do it no matter what, even if you don't feel like it all the time, just like it very much is like prescribing to that, like no days off, like work hard type of mentality. Um, when in reality, like there's a place where you can have discipline, yes, but also have self-compassion. And I think that that's where you kind of need to like meet in the middle understand that motivation is not everything and the type of motivation that you have also matters. Um, but also then realize that just because motivation is not something you should rely on doesn't mean that discipline is the like sole thing you should focus on either. If you are only disciplined all the time and you have someone else telling you, you just need to be disciplined, you just need to be disciplined. Like that can drive you like talk about like guilt and shame, right? That can drive you directly to those feelings of emotions when you have days where you aren't able to get your shit done, right? And something does come up and life does get in the way because it's going to happen, right? And then what? It's like, well, I guess I'm just not disciplined enough. You know, I'm not the type of person who can stay disciplined and get this happen, get this done no matter what. And that turns into guilt. It can turn into shame and it just can turn into like, I mean, all of the negative emotions to a point where you're just like not even doing anything anymore, right? Because it's like, well, I guess I just wasn't disciplined enough. If that's all I needed and I can't do it, then here we are, you know? So I think just like understanding that we need to zoom out and there's like so much more to this. So whether it is a fixed mindset or it's all or nothing thinking or it's self-control or it's your habits or your environment or your social circle, like all of this stuff plays a role in you doing the thing that you're trying to do. So just understanding that like, yes, motivation is not the whole story, but like discipline shouldn't be the only thing that we're concerned with either. There's a lot more going into it. And if you only solely focus on discipline without self-compassion, like that's just going to breed things like shame and guilt. How, how does one like, draw the line though between like discipline and self-compassion or is it just like something that you kind of need to view like together um you mm -hmm. at the same time you know it's like a dance yeah i think i think in a, a perfect world they would be like beautifully like intertwined right so like with every feeling of like okay i need to put my head down and get to work there is a level of like and i'm doing this for myself 
because I love myself and it's okay. If I don't get every single thing done today, like I'm just going to do my best, you know, it has to be that balance of those things. Um, but I know that's easier said than done for sure. And I think it's just like having that level of like, yes, be disciplined. Yes. Be a hard worker. Like, yes, put your head down when you need to, but make sure it's coming from a good place. I think that's really like the, the core of this is like understanding because like people will be extremely disciplined and it's coming from a place of like literally hating themselves, right? Like I'm going to force myself to go to the gym because I hate how I look. I hate how I feel. I don't like myself. So I'm going to go do 60 minutes of cardio, right? Versus like someone else could be like, I'm going to go do 60 minutes of cardio because I love myself and it makes me feel good. And it's part of like my goal process. And I know that this fits into my plan and I'm excited to do this for myself, you know, two entirely different situations. Both are disciplined people. Um, and you can see where one is going like, to lead you down a path of like not so great stuff. And the other could actually be something that's very beneficial for you. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to dive like into motivation. I know that this is something that you can go on for, for like, you know, two hours. <laughs> I like you know just open the floor um but just in terms of like motivation itself I know you've spoken before about how like it's a big umbrella term that's just really thrown around quite loosely um could you just like shed a bit more light for anybody else who obviously has never heard that idea before that it's just not as simple as just it's just motivation all right yeah, absolutely. So, and I kind of like briefly mentioned this when I was just talking about motivation before, how there's like different types of motivation. And I think honestly, the biggest argument here is that it's not even really just about how much motivation you have. It's really more so about like what type of motivation you have. And so we really have this continuum of extrinsic motivation to intrinsic motivation. So extrinsic is very much like it sounds like very external to you. So you're doing something, maybe it's for someone else, because of someone else, for some other thing or like event, something of that nature. Whereas intrinsic motivation is very much for you. It's because you enjoy it. It feels good to you. It's for you personally. So we have these two ends of the spectrum. There's also a variety of different types that kind of like fall along that, that spectrum. And something to be clear too, is that I think when we talk about extrinsic motivation, a lot of times people just automatically assume that it's a bad thing, right? And there's different types of extrinsic motivation that are actually like not that bad because they're still tied to something that is more intrinsic to you. So as an example, I, everything that I do from a health and fitness perspective is very much intrinsic at this point. Like it's something that I enjoy. It's something that's part of who I am. I have like a very strong identity as like an exerciser, right? It's something that I just do. Um, that said, I've definitely had some extrinsic based goals and motivation during my journey, right? Um, going on a trip to Hawaii, for instance, like would love to lose a little bit of extra fat, feel pretty good. Like I'm going to be in a swimsuit all week, that sort of thing. But this fits inside my like lifelong journey of like health and fitness, right? So it's like this small extrinsic motivator inside a very large intrinsic motivation container, really. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have those like short term goals. The problem becomes when someone is putting all of their motivation eggs in the extrinsic basket, right? So everything 
that they are focusing on and all the motivation that they're hoping to get and to hold on to, to continue to be consistent is coming from places of like, oh, you know, someone else like told me that I should do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to start strength training because someone else said I should do it. Or my mother-in-law told me that I was looking like I needed to lose a little bit of weight. So now I'm going to do that, you know, things like that. And it happens. It really does. Or, you know, I saw this girl on Instagram and she's doing these workouts. So I guess I will do that too. It's all extrinsic and that none of that is going to keep you being consistent long-term, right? You need intrinsic motivation. So it's not that all extrinsic motivation is bad. And there's a lot of it out there. It's that I think we're not placing enough focus on the the need for intrinsic motivation and really trying to find that intrinsic motivation. Um, and this is something I talk about in HMCC a lot is that as coaches, it's our responsibility to help our clients cultivate this intrinsic motivation for things like eating healthy and exercising and taking care of themselves. Because ultimately, long term, that's what's going to help them make those behavior changes that stick. Yeah, um, this is just a very random thought. So I have no idea whether it's like right or wrong. Um, I'm just going to shoot. Um, so <laughs> something I've also like noticed is that, yes, like what you said, I completely agree. Um, but sometimes people that, you know, don't have those sort of like extrinsic goals as well um kind of i just kind of sense that you know that intrinsic motivation especially if they're re- relatively new and starting out isn't entirely strong to really like sustain mm. um then that kind of becomes a struggle because like they yeah. are you know, putting their, their feet into it a little bit but then like you know they don't really have a goal so i mean at least an extrinsic goal to really like kind of like tick the box that yeah yeah moved along um the, this and I, I moved closer to my goal and I can't really see that you know to them it's like okay exercise exercising is good for me like I need to do it uh but it's not really like strong enough to really like sustain them do you like yeah think that's like still something that happens yeah for sure and I do think like in that case that's honestly it's almost like it's an I I still think it's an extrinsic motivator that's trying to be intrinsic. (laughs) You know, it's like, I, I know I need to exercise because it's good for my health because my doctor says so, because like, I know that I need to eat green vegetables because I need like vitamins and things like that. But it's like, it's still like this, whether it's your doctor or it's just like this general idea that I need to exercise and eat healthy because it's good for me. Like that's still like an extrinsic motivator. It's coming from like, who knows where, right? It's just this general idea, but it's not your own. It's not like I truly want to eat healthy because it makes me feel better. And I care about like my future self and I identify with that future self and I want to take care of her, you know? So there is still that like very big contrast there. So I would say, yeah, if you have a client who's like, I I know I need to eat healthy and exercise because it's good for me and whatever. And like, but they're like really still it's really hard for them to stay consistent and really want to do those things. That's where you can have a discussion of like, Hey, I hear you saying this stuff that, you know, it's good for you. Um, but at the same time, we're having a hard time staying consistent. So do you think that there's like anything else going on here? Is this something truly that you want to do? Are you actually enjoying this? Like, where do you like, why do you think that you should be doing these things? Like, how does it impact you 10 years from now? You know, having some of those questions to really like, 
honestly help them cultivate a little bit more of true intrinsic motivation versus like what is almost like a fake intrinsic motivation, right? Like it sounds a little bit intrinsic on the outside, but the yeah. truth is like, it's like you were saying, it's like not strong enough to a degree. Yeah. yeah. I think something that you shared like in the course that really like impacted me as well. I used to always think that, you know, if you have extrinsic motivation and, and yeah, that is the place to start that, you know, you could eventually like kind of try to yeah. move that into like, yeah intrinsic but like something you shared was that it's not exactly like that easy to like move mm -hmm. something that is extrinsic to intrinsic so it's kind of like what you said like trying to uncover that like yeah. intrinsic that you actually do have um all right switching gears for hopefully the last time <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean i've seen like a lot of content like on instagram as well from like other coaches and like just just in the space right where you know talking about like self-control and i'm not, I'm not going to go into that but i know how you mentioned that you know self-control is not limited right and that mm -hmm. is really like powerful because it's really like your mindset around self-control that's yeah. like really like leading the change um but i want to talk about not just self-control but i want to talk about stress like a little bit um because Obviously, this is something that like everybody faces. Um, yeah, and I mean, definitely clients as well, right? Uh, yeah. What are like your just big picture thoughts on like, you know, stress and, you know, how that like can impact like our goals? And I know you don't have to necessarily go into like the physiological because that's like a whole nother like, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, just just your, your general thoughts on like stress and then we can dig a bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think like you mentioned self-control and like, honestly, how I teach, and this is probably like where your brain goes to because of HMCC is that I like I teach self-control and stress in the same module, right? And I talk about stress and self-control a lot of the times together because I mean, the truth is they're essentially enemies, right? Like stress and self-control do not even live in the same part of your brain. So when it comes to self-control, this is a very like deliberate decision-making process, right? Like we're taking time to think and say like, I don't want to do this. I want to do this instead because this is more on in alignment with my goals. And that takes energy and it actually takes like a certain part of your brain, primarily your prefrontal cortex, like the big lobe directly behind your forehead. Um, whereas stress, gets triggered in an entirely different area. It's more in like your midbrain regions. And this is like more so along the lines of sort of uh, like your reptilian brain in a way, your very like automatic behaviors, your emotional brain. So the problem with this is when we're taking resources away from our prefrontal cortex and away from self-control and diverting it to the area that focuses on being stressed out and emotional and frustrated and all of these things, we're losing the ability to utilize our self-control in that moment. So being stressed out makes it very, very difficult to exercise self-control. And I think we all understand this to some degree. Um, but like you said, 100%, your mindset plays a really big role in all of this and understanding that like, your self-control is not limited throughout the day. You have as much as you decide you want to have and things like that. It can be very empowering and very helpful. But also, obviously, doing your best to like reduce your stress and like not have to be in a place where you want to exercise self-control while you're also stressed out. Like 
try to set up your environment in a way where you're not having to make like big self-control decisions during stressful times, right? I know, again, easier, <laughs> easier said than done. Um, but that said, your mindset also plays a big role in your stress, right? So what one person may see as like the most stressful event to ever happen to them that is just like absolutely ruins their entire day, someone else may, able, may be able to see it as like, okay, this is something that happened to me. What's the next step? How do we figure this out? How am I going to go about the rest of my day? How do I make this better? What do I need right now in this moment? Right. And can be like, see that a little bit more of like, this is how like calm, cool, collected, how we're going to figure out this situation and how you respond to stress in that way. Your mindset around stress, either it's like the worst thing in the world, it's the end end of the day, like all of this is like going to ruin things now versus like, okay, this happened to me, but like, we'll figure it out. That feeling can make all of the difference, not only like you mentioned, we're not going to get into the physiology, but not only can make a difference in your stress hormones, literally can change how your cortisol responds, but also like who, which one do you think is taking more energy away from your ability to exercise self-control, right? Obviously, if you're seeing something is like stress is bad, this is horrible, this is the worst day of my life, that is taking away a lot of energy from other parts of your brain for things like attention, deliberate decision-making, growth mindset, all of that. Um, and instead, if you were able to have this viewpoint of stress is like, okay, this sucks, but it's something that I can handle and I will figure it out. I always do. That requires so much less energy <laughs> of your brain. So you'll still have some stuff freed up to do things like self-control, to have a growth mindset, to pay attention and like to still go throughout your day. So would you say like the main way to reduce stress is to kind of change your mindset around it? Yeah, I honestly think that that's like step number one, really, because at the end of the day, stress is 100% perceived. Like we can all, yes, experience, we're all going to experience stressful things. It's part of life. It really is. But how you respond to that stressful thing is what matters the most at the end of the day. and you get to decide that, which is crazy, right? It's it's crazy to think about. And some people may be listening to this and be like, yeah, okay, but you you say that to me who has like four kids at home and I'm working two jobs and like I just got in a car accident and I'm having a hard time paying my bills. Like you tell me that like I should not like be feeling the stress of that, right? It's like by all means, like your feelings are valid for sure, but there absolutely could be like an exact clone of you in the same exact situation. And that person could still be responding different than you are. It could be worse. It could be better. Right. But like, there's always going to be a varying degree. And that's typically based on just your mindset around these things. Right. So how are you seeing it? Are you seeing it as something that like, absolutely is like world ending or are you seeing it as something that's like a welcome challenge something that you know you can get through I actually like read something the other day that talked about how like feelings of stress and anxiety are actually pretty much the exact same as excitement but we're just deciding what those things are right so very similar like your heart is racing maybe you have sweaty palms you're feeling like restless things like that both are very much so symptoms of anxiety and of excitement. But you get to decide like, is this something that's like exciting that I'm like working up for? Or is this something that is stressful and anxiety provoking, right? And like, it's totally like you decide, like your brain makes that decision, which is like wild to think about. 
yeah, that's totally insane. That's definitely something that like I've used as well to like kind of talk myself through like uh perceived stressful moments. Um, yeah. And reframe like my mindset around it. All right. I really want to respect your time. Um, I'm just going to have last question and I want to make this a fun one. So what are your, and it's kind of related as well. So what are like your top three, like, you know, you cannot live without stress relieving practices mm. that, you know, that you personally practice? Yeah, that's good. Um, I feel like now I have to say mindset work. <laughs> <laughs> So like understanding that like some of it, some of your stress relief is honestly you just sitting with yourself and deciding, you know, this doesn't need to feel this way. I can feel different about this situation and like make that decision like right then and there for yourself and like show up differently because of that. Um, Another big one, and actually I use this one all the time, is sleep. (laughs) Sleep is the best stress reliever. Honestly, just like get more sleep, sleep more, like no more of the like sleep is for the dead or like I'll sleep when I'm dead. None of that. Like, please sleep. The more again, kind of going back to the idea of like the energy and the resources that your brain has. If you're sleep deprived, like you don't have resources for self-control, you're going to be more stressed out, like things like you'll go, you'll fall back on habits a lot easier. So sleep is a really big one. Um, I think the other one is just like, honestly, movement, whether that's like, for you, that's strength training for you, that's going for a walk outside, it's yoga, whatever, any type of movement is really, really great for stress relief. And I do think that there's like a, you get extra brownie points if you are doing it outside, because there is actually a lot of research that shows that spending time outdoors is very, very good from like a mood boosting perspective, um, anxiety reducing, depressive symptoms reducing, also really good for like attention and focus. So like going for like a quick walk outside can do wonders as well. Awesome. I love that. I love how like, you know, you're, you're true to your craft and mindset is definitely like number one, like in there. Um, awesome. So could you just like let everybody know where they could find you and, you know, just the resources that you have put out um, so that I can like obviously link all that up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I spend most of my time in social media land over <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram. I'm coach Casey Joe over there. I do have a ton, a ton, a ton of free content, free resources. Um, something that comes to mind for some of the stuff that we talked about was, is the, um, I have like a five free self-sabotage workshop series that goes over kind of these aspects of stress and self-control, also motivation, also mindset. Um, So that could be a really good resource for anyone listening. Um, But otherwise, if you want to learn more about me and all the stuff that I do, you can check out my website and that's kjocoaching.com. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on, Casey. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, that wraps it up for this episode of the DFITZO podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a five-star review if you haven't already. They help a lot more than you know. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to connect or jump in my inbox. I'm going to link all of these things below so you know how to reach me. I'd love to get connected with you and help you out in any way that I can. All right, that's it from me. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon.